Pastor Ken today. He's having his surgery this morning, so we'll keep him in our prayers uh, today and throughout the week. And uh, we'll start with our morning announcements. Use the lectern. Yeah, thank you. I thought my voice could carry loud enough. But um, anyway, I want to welcome everybody coming this morning. And uh, obviously, I uh, welcome Pastor Chris. Uh, not an unfamiliar face here, and we really appreciate having you. Um, also, uh, I'm sure everybody's heard uh, the news about Pastor Ken, and I'm, I know that he is uh, recovering. Um, and we'll just uh, keep him in our hearts and thoughts and lift him up. Yes. Okay, so um, Pastor Ken, uh, he um, was, has been having a little bit of trouble with his heart. Uh, he um, wisely noticed uh, some pain on the way home from Bible study yesterday. Um, was smart enough and wise enough to find the closest hospital. He, he got into the hospital fine. Um, and that's about as much as I know. I know he's, he's doing okay. You want to maybe come up and fill us in, Tracy? We really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, hello. He's, uh, he's doing just fine. He was just feeling some pain yesterday on the way home coming from here. And um, he was scheduled to have an angiogram next Friday. But because of the pain he was feeling, he thought best to go to the hospital. Uh, he was not having a heart attack, but they just decided to keep him so that they could do the procedure sooner. So he's scheduled to have that tomorrow. We don't know what time yet, but he will probably have a stint placed at that point in time. So that's what's going on, but he's fine and in good spirits. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I've been to those Bible before. I'm a uh, difference of opinion. Uh, I want to go through um, our uh, our bulletin, our announcements, the things that we have going on. Um, so we also we have the uh, Lenten study and dinner um, happening, and that's been going on Wednesdays, uh, and I've heard uh, really good things about those. Um, our big event coming up uh, a week from uh, today. Uh, is the Praise Symphony Orchestra. So um, a lot of people, uh, we had them here, you know, uh, I think at the beginning of last year. Uh, fantastic, fantastic program. The music that they bring into this sanctuary is amazing. This place and the, um, you know, the acoustics here are really worth it in general. So uh, I would really urge you to come. That's gonna be 6.30 uh, on next Sunday. Um, also on Saturday, we have the church council meeting. So uh, you, anybody in the congregation is definitely welcome to attend those. There's lots that gets discussed in those meetings, but we always really appreciate having people come in and um, share your ideas and your thoughts about what's happening here on campus. Um, and then we have uh, you know, the usual, uh, as far as the, the programs, Reef and Moss, um, Easter flowers. Uh, so the two ways that you'll be able to uh, donate flowers um, you can uh, do so uh, uh, on the sign-up sheets in the back in the narthex. And then upcoming events outside of um, Praise Symphony Orchestra, 
We're continuing a series on, um, on uh, information for uh, aging. And uh, we had one, um, I think it was uh, a few weeks ago. We have another one coming up on the 25th, I want to say, of April. That one is on the, the legal side and the financial planning side of aging. So those even, um, you know, folks like me who are uh, maybe not quite there yet, but I have parents that are aging, also good information for me. Um, so it really is, I think, for everybody uh, to, to attend. Um, and then, of course, our men's studies on Saturday. So uh, with that, that's all I got. And, uh, but before we get started, I want to invite uh, some friends. Uh, uh, they want to discuss uh, uh, Easter Cantata that is happening. Um, Thank you, Sean. Thank you very much for the announcements. Uh, first and foremost, I do want to say it is unfortunate for Pastor Ken, but I'll bet that... Uh, a blessing that he went early, so um, I'll also keep him in, in our prayers. So make sure, making sure everything goes well for the surgery. So that's that's a blessing. That's something good. Amen. Right. Amen. Yes. Um, first, oh, after that, my name is Daniel. I am with the Gracias Choir. Uh, this is for our Easter cantata. I'm not sure if you're well aware of the Gracias Choir. They've been around for uh, many many years. Uh, they come to visit for the Christmas cantata as well. But we're doing a a Easter cantata event within the next few weeks, which is a good timing, because next week you'll hear the, the praise orchestra here, and uh, since you'll have some music and some song and praise in your hearts, it'll give you an open heart to actually come and join the Easter cantata that we're having. I just want to say it's, uh, it's hosted at the Terrace Long Beach Theater. Uh, we do accept donations, and with the donations, uh, we do provide tickets for you so that you can go and see it. Uh, it would be a great opportunity for people who are also non-believers or if you have any close friends or family that have been hard to come to bring to church per se, but want them to know the, the story of the death and resurrection of Christ. Uh, it's a good opportunity. It's a great show. They're, they're the world's greatest uh, actually um, choir. They also have an orchestra that you can actually see the show. It's, a, it's an amazing event that you should go and see and, you know, also bring your family together as well. Uh, another thing to that is afterwards, if you wanted to have just more studies or hear more about the gospel we do have you know more from the pastor who will be there to actually just teach and and have studies with you with you all as well uh, all i'm going to say is uh we're going to be running around through other congregations to spread the news uh, at the end of service today we will set up just a little little bit if you want to get some more information some flyers we'll have a poster up and also if you wanted to just uh bring some donations for tickets okay and uh, other than that i do appreciate your time Thank you very much. Right. And uh, I will be uh, teaching Bible study after the service, uh, well, shortly after the service. Let's now join together with our opening hymn.
us begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just. Let us confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all your sin. As a called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house and for all who worship, offer here worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. Glory to God in the highest and peace to his people on
Let us pray. Almighty God, by your great goodness, mercifully look upon your people that we may be governed and preserved evermore in body and soul through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. We now continue with the reading of God's holy word. Good morning. The first reading this morning is taken from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 43, verses 16 through 21. And this can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1127. Isaiah, chapter 43, beginning with the 16th verse. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. We'll now read Psalm 126, verses 1 through 6, responsively, which is printed in your bulletin. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord, like the streams in Negev. Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Philippians. So Philippians chapter 3 verses 4 through 14, and this can be found in your pew Bible on page 1828. As an introduction, so you know what's going on, Paul was traveling through Greece about 14 years after the crucifixion, so a relatively short time, and he, he came into a, a medium-sized town with Romans and Greeks and Jews. He was proclaiming the gospel he encountered a uh, fortune teller named Lydia, and she was really good. She was like somebody that can predict the stock market today accurately. And she was uh, 
making a lot of money for the wealthy people, the businessmen in that town. A lot of money. The thing was, she was possessed by a demon, and that's why she could foretell the future. She began to harass Paul. And after a while, Paul had enough of it, saw the demon, and invoking Jesus' name, cast the demon out. That wasn't good news for the businessmen because now they didn't have a fortune teller. She lost her power, and they started to lose a lot of money. So they, they complained to the local government. Paul got arrested, thrown in prison, and beaten. And while he's in there, he wrote a letter to his, basically his congregation. So Paul's like a pastor, gets locked up. He still has a congregation. He writes them a letter. And he says, actually, this could be a good thing because now that I'm in jail and can't proclaim the gospel, it's up to you. It's your job. So just like us, his congregation then began to proclaim the gospel. He warned them, though, not to trust in people and not to trust in material things. And he used his past as Saul, as credibility for his comments. Philippians chapter 3, beginning with the fourth verse. If someone else thinks they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church. As for righteousness based on the law, faultless. But whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus Christ took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. gospel according to Luke from the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. He went on to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard, rented it to some farmers, and went away for a long time. At harvest time, 
he sent a servant to the tenants so they would give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed. He sent another servant, but that one also they beat and treated shamefully and sent away empty-handed. He sent still a third, and they wounded him and threw him out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my son whom I love. Perhaps they will respect him. But when the tenants saw him, they talked the matter over. This is the heir, they said. Let's kill him and the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. When the people heard this, they said, God forbid. Jesus looked directly at them and asked, Then what is the meaning of that which is written? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone who falls, whom it falls, will be crushed. The teachers of the law and the chief priests looked for a way to arrest him immediately. But they, know, they knew he had spoken the parable against them. But they were afraid of the people. Keeping a close watch on him, they sent spies who pretended to be sincere. They hoped to catch Jesus in something he said so that they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Now may your eyes of your hearts be enlightened to know the height and the breadth and the depth that God has for you in his Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon this morning comes from our gospel reading in Luke. You've heard the phrase, over my dead body, or you'd have to kill me first. Well, we're very familiar with this saying, and uh, often Alice says, Chris, why don't we move back east? I said, you mean with the blizzards and the black ice? I said, no, over my dead body will we do that. Of course, my toes couldn't take it either. Now, however... I'm sure this phrase came from a rather serious origin. Maybe it was an army that was opposing a king to take over his throne. And the king stood his ground and said, over my dead body will you take my throne. And in our parable this morning, we have a serious tone as well. You see, Jesus, at the end of the parable, stated to the 
vine dressers that the vineyard would be taken away from them and given to somebody else. And their reply was, when they heard it, they said, may it never be. In other words, they were telling Jesus that we're not the ones to be destroyed, but you're the one that needs to go. And in the parable, Luke recorded that he was speaking about them and that they were going to try and trap Jesus in his words and hand him over to the authorities. But the question here is, how did they know that Jesus was speaking about them? Well, you have to recall that the scriptures of that day was the Old Testament. Or the Old Testament, the New Testament had not yet been written. And so we must go back to the Old Testament to understand what Jesus was talking to them about. And if we go back to Kings, in the time of King Ahab, there was a man named Naboth. And he owned a vineyard. And King Ahab came to Naboth and said, I would like to purchase your vineyard. And Naboth responded, he said, I cannot sell you my inheritance. I will, I will not sell you my, my vineyard. And King Ahab walked away and he was very sad very disturbed because he coveted Naboth's vineyard greatly. So much so that he went home and sulked. So much so that he lost his appetite to eat. And his wife, Jezebel, told Naboth to get up Eat and be merry, for I will deliver you Naboth's vineyard to you. And so Jezebel called a fast in the city and put Naboth at the head of the table. And Jezebel also put two thugs next to Naboth and falsely reported blasphemous things against the king. And so, of course, King Ahab had no other recourse but to have Naboth killed. And therefore, his vineyard was taken by force. His vineyard was taken through murder, through the shedding of blood. Now, of course, in Jesus' parable this morning, the slaves represent the prophets. Every prophet that God had sent 
to Israel, they murdered. And of course, the Son represents Jesus, the one that God sent to the cross that would later be killed for the sins of the world. And of course, the vineyard, well, the vineyard was given to others. And those others were the Gentiles. Gentiles like us, you and I. And you can see how this parable parallels with the Old Testament this morning. The owner of the vineyard sent a servant to obtain the first fruits of the harvest. And they were beaten up and sent away. And he sent two more, and the same thing happened. They were beat up and sent away. And then the owner thought, surely, if I send my beloved son, and by the way, in the original text, my beloved son is the actual reading of it in the parable, that they would treat him better. However, they responded by killing the owner's son and kept the inheritance for themselves. And coming back to this idea of my beloved son, this is the same language, the exact same words used when Abraham was asked to sacrifice his beloved son, Isaac. And Abraham knew and obeyed God, knowing that God was able to bring people back from the dead. Listen to the words of the writer of the Hebrews. The writer of Hebrews records, By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was offering up his only begotten son. It was he to whom it was said, In Isaac your descendants shall be called. He considered that God is able to raise people even from the dead, from which he also received him back as a type. You see, Christ knew that they wanted him dead. But Christ also knew that he could raise himself up again on the third day. But what's amazing about this parable is the fact that the Pharisees thought that they could supersede Jesus' words. Right? I'm going to take this vineyard and I'm going to give it to somebody else, Jesus tells them. And they responded, may it never be. No, you're not. It's just amazing to me. Instead of a response of, 
repentance and turning towards God and asking for forgiveness, they responded, over my dead body will you take this vineyard from us. And in some ways, we're no better. Uh, we like to control our own lives and our situations. We don't like to die to ourselves each day and pick up our cross and follow him. We often falsely believe that Jesus is like the break glass in case of an emergency. And nonetheless, the setting of for our Old Testament text is that Israel was exiled in Babylon because of their non-repentance and chasing after foreign gods. And of course, we too are no different. It's just our idols take different forms. How often do we chase after other things other than spending time in God's word and in prayer? One theologian said that the, man, the mind of man is an idol factory. Let me repeat that again. The mind of man is an idol factory. And then, of course, there's Paul's problem. Before he was converted on the road to Damascus and fell off his horse, he was caught up in self-righteousness and pride. And he had every reason to boast. He was taught under the best Gamaliel, the best scholar of his time. He was from the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was circumcised on the eighth day. But Paul said that my righteousness is but dumb. My righteousness is but rubbish compared to the knowledge of knowing Christ. And think about that. Paul said that he was blameless according to the law. So we're not talking about some homeless man with a heroin needle sticking out of his arm and some addict and some <clears throat> deadbeat dad. We're talking about somebody who you would look at very upright. Had the best intentions. Strove to know God. And yet he said, these things I count but loss. Because what Paul realized is that he needed another righteousness. He needed God's righteousness. Because Paul realized that God requires perfection.
the horrible of idea the horrible idea of i do my best and god does the rest doesn't cut it god requires perfection from our lives every second of the day throughout our entire lives no we need Christ's righteousness, not our own. And in our Old Testament text <clears throat> this morning, God just doesn't leave Israel in exile in Babylon. No, he points them to what God had done in the past, bringing them out of bondage in Egypt into the promised land. And so here, God promises Israel in our Isaiah text this morning that he will do something new, that he will bring them out of bondage of Babylon back to the promised land. He said that he would make roads in the wilderness and that he would bring about rivers in the desert so that he may provide drink for his chosen people. In a new work of what God has done, it's over Christ's dead body that he delivers you to his vineyard through his resurrection. Christ went on the cross for you so that you may know the power of his resurrection. Not standing in your own righteousness, but in Christ's. As Christ hung and died and was raised on the third day for you, now the Father drops the gavel on the courtroom desk and says, not guilty. Christ has now taken his robe and has wrapped it around you and you are righteous in his sight because you wear the robes the robe of Jesus's righteousness around you so that you may consider all of your goodness rubbish so that you may gain Christ. And just like God promised Israel that he would lead them out of Babylon back to the promised land through the waters of the Red Sea, you have gone through the Red Sea right here. 
you have passed through it. You have been cleansed and washed by the promise that God has given you in your baptism. God has done something new and is doing something new. And he started it right here in your baptism. In the vineyard, God promised to give the vineyard to you. The kingdom to you. And in a moment, you're going to taste a foretaste of that right here in communion where he is going to give you a foretaste of what is to come so that this bread and wine may sustain you and nourish and strengthen you for all eternity. In the name of Jesus, amen.
please rise while we recite the Nicene Creed? We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, church. Christ is our cornerstone, O Lord, and the rock upon which all our hopes rest. Bring to completion all that you have begun in us, and grant to us all things needful and profitable for our salvation, that we might by the people in whom you delight and through whom you show forth your mercy. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Help us to press on, O Lord, against all enemies and strive for the goal, the upward call in Christ our Savior. Bless our unity in doctrine and faith and help us work as partners in Christ for the advancement of his kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless your church, O Lord, and bless those who serve us in your name. Raise up godly men and women as servants of your kingdom and lead us to honor the preaching of your word. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Guard us, O Lord, against all those who cause strife, who acts of violence and terror threaten people everywhere, and who seek to destroy order and peace. Bless the servicemen and women and all police, firefighters, and emergency personnel who work on our behalf. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Make our homes places of blessing and love, O Lord that husbands and wives may honor the promises of their marriage and faithfully care for their children you have given them. Help us to honor your gift of life from its natural beginning to its natural end. 
Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Where people suffer in body or spirit, bring healing and peace, O Lord. Sustain the weary with your word and grant the ill healing according to your will. We lift before you the names of those requesting our prayer, including the Whitney's that you would be with them in this time of recovery. We also lift up, Lord, those silently in our hearts or aloud. Be with them in their hour of need and comfort them that they may not be overcome by struggle, grief, or pain. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Our Lord, accept with gratitude the tithes and offerings we bring as tokens of our faith and symbols of our trust in you to give us all that we need. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. Prepare our hearts, O Lord, to receive for our benefit the blessed food of Christ's body and blood in the Holy Sacrament. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. All these things we pray, O Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, with whom you reign, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. We now share with one another God's peace.
Blessed are you, O Lord, our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and the redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened up the way of everlasting life. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join in the unending hymn. night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and after he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, saying, take, eat, this is my body given for you, do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to all to drink, saying, This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood shed for you, for all people, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's now join together in the prayer that our Lord taught us to pray. Our, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. My table servants, please come forward.
nothing less. Peace.